Revolting is produced by the Cycling Independent, the only cycling media completely free of commercial influence. We are community-supported and dedicated to the whole of cycling. As our tagline says, if you ride bikes, you're one of us. This is Revolting with Steve Lynn Robot on the Cycling Independent, episode 113, The No Good, Very Bad Words. Content warning. This podcast ain't for the faint of heart, folks. We might talk about your perineum. Jars full of bodily fluids. No one, no one likes that, but we do it anyway. Click on something else if you think you're going to have a thrombo or something. What's that? A thrombo? Yeah. A, a thrombosis? Uh-huh. Is that like a heart attack? Yeah. Conniption? It's like a uh, stroke. A thrombosis is a stroke. Yeah. I'm, I'm adding that. Uh, I'm adding that to my lexicon. I've heard it. Never, yes. never used it in common, general, civilized conversation. What's, it's, um, it's foreshadowing also, because it's a stupid word, thrombo. Go on. What? What's go? What's what's happening today? We're a little discombobulated, uh, or well, I am. I was re- having a really hard time getting my shit together this morning, which is not unlike every other morning. But this morning, <laughs> it was just it just seemed a little. There was more dis in the combobulation. Mm. You know. Oh, and I was like scrambling to find a music pick because I know I've been listening to a ton of music this week. I just couldn't remember what any of it was, and I can't come empty-handed. You know what I mean? Uh, I do know what you mean. I did a, uh, I did a thing the other day, last week, I did a thing where I was like, I'm going to do a bunch of music research, and I'm going to drill down in a bunch of different directions, and I'm going to discover some new golden nuggets. Mm-hmm. nuggety goodness for our listeners and i spent probably two or even three hours clickety clacking around the internet and trying to trying to i just Couldn't you know find I, anything. I didn't find anything i find when you're looking for it you can't find it and also i don't like yes. the internet is is not a very good um it's not very good hunting ground for me historically like i i'm so used to having you walk into a record store and um this doesn't necessarily work anymore either but there was a time where you could pick up a record and it had a cool cover or it had you know thank yous on the back to specific bands that you liked or it was produced or engineered or whatever by somebody who's or it was on a specific record label And um, that doesn't work so well anymore, but uh, that still is sort of the directive or the direction I go when I'm trying to find new stuff. Uh, But like also, um, uh, that doesn't, that's not necessarily a guarantee either. It just kind of like stuff finds, tends to find me, you know, like that's the best way I can find cool i think i think it's really right i think it's like love finds you you don't find love Mm -hmm. and and that's how it is with music i was i spent all this time and i was like god i have listened to a lot of garbage and the thing is um what the internet is good at is saying this thing is like that thing it's good at it but it doesn't it's not good at it it does it a lot but it's not it, it it hardly hits it's it's like you have a favorite shirt and the Internet's like you might also like this shirt and you think, well, I can see why you think those two shirts are alike. Perhaps they're both black, <laughs> but <laughs> but they're not alike because one of them uh, is an Ed Hardy, <laughs> you know, uh, Miami Beach um dillrod shirt and the other one is i i, I don't know I, uh, t- these these two things are not like the other these that's two right. things are 
rarely the same. Um, there has been, I've had, I've had better luck. So I guess, uh, iTunes, it works sort of the same way as, as other streaming services where it, it picks stuff for you. Like you listen to a record and then it will start filling in after, after that record is or after the album is over, then it'll start playing stuff for you, uh, on by its own. What the, yeah. I don't know, technology magic. And I have had bad luck and kind of curious, like I'll listen to one thing and then, and then, and then like Metallica will come on. And it was like, no, that's not that I have a problem with Metallica, but it's not, it's not. Those first four albums are good. The first four albums are good. It's not what it's not. It doesn't, it's, it's like a weird association or rage against the machine. will, will come on. And, and, and I don't quite get it, but, Anytime I've listened to the Dirt Bombs, it always gives me good stuff afterwards. It's just that band. And huh. and then from those bands, that leads me in a whole other direction as well. I was listening to a lot of Chat Pile the last couple of days as well. And the and the, uh, the, sh- the, uh, the shit that comes in the wake of Chat Pile is w- <laughs> all over the fucking map. So... I don't know. They like the dirt bombs is has, they've never failed me. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe I bet the members of crap. chat pile are pretty happy that chaos ensues after you listen to them. Oh boy. God's country. I was listening to God's country and I was, I've actually been reading the lyrics uh, and it's grim. I mean, I guess <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that can happen coming from, you know, if you come from Oklahoma uh, like it just your your whole reality is is bleak <laughs> i think i don't know I, I is there anything that's good that's come from oklahoma i've not been to oklahoma i'm not a great consumer of oklahoma based art uh so I can't speak to it intelligently. He said as if there was anything he could speak intelligently. I don't know. I don't know. They have that big bike race there every year. That seems like that's a pretty fun thing. And there was like a scene, like it seemed like Tulsa was making a real push to become like Austin Jr. You know, Mm. there was, uh, there was financial incentives to get creatives there, makers, artists, musicians, like they did a big push a few years ago, similarly to how Bentonville did it, you know, like $10,000 and a membership to the museum or, uh, whatever, like submit your portfolio. A friend of mine who lives in Fayetteville said on paper, you are exactly who they're looking for. But in reality, you are absolutely not who they are looking for. <laughs> uh, when I was trying to figure out a place to go, uh, but right. Tulsa was doing the same thing, and I don't know whatever came of it is kind of an interesting experiment because if you look at different regions and cities that, like you know, artists or or makers are often attracted to, are kind of the kind of the burned out places that nobody else wants to live. I mean, historically. And it's all gentrification cycles, I would imagine. And then they kind of spruce the neighborhood up and then they get bounced and then new people move in with money. And so it goes on and on. And it seemed like Tulsa was, it was like a citywide push to make it fucking cool. And then once the people moved in to make it cool, they were all going to get ejected. That's kind of, that was the conspiratorial thought process anyway for me i mean that is the nature of things i associate tulsa i think there was in the 70s there was a no holds barred fighting competition like world's toughest or toughest something in america do you know what i'm talking about Mm -mm. it was just a thing for people to sign up to and beat the hell out of each other like bare knuckle fighting or mma style just like whoever just uh no no rules no rules it was kind of like hey you think you're tough oh god uh, and it had the word tough in the name of it it was a whole like mini phenomenon but i associate that with tulsa i have no idea if that's <laughs> where it started but that's kind of my association now they also had those race riots 
Um, well, yeah, uh, Black Wall Street was was dismantled, destroyed, not dismantled. Yeah. It was fucked. So, yeah, I don't know anything about Oklahoma. Uh, and I, I did get an email from somebody for a little while. I was exchanging emails and they had they sent me pictures of like green rolling hills and they were on mountain bikes. And apparently I. um I had completely overlooked the the fact that there was like fun riding and hilly, rolly trails and lakes and stuff in Oklahoma. I don't know. I've been there through there a couple of times and it, it's just been a drag. So if anybody's listening to this and you're from Oklahoma and you love it, let us know because I, I got nothing. Yeah, I don't really know. But if you if chat pile was was your entree to <laughs> to what Oklahoma's like, you'd think. Well, it's a post-apocalyptic hellscape. Right. Yeah, wasteland. Hell, hell, hell waste. Yeah. Um, that's, I think that's probably right. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, um, chat pile. They're great. Uh, we want to do some shout-outs and then get into like the actual music picks and not just talking shit about a place we don't really know anything about. Yeah, that's probably a better idea than... Yeah. Um, shout-out. So... Uh, we had a big problem with Cycling Independent where our subscription software shat the bed. It shat the bed, and then after we changed the bed it to new bed, it shat the bed again. <laughs> it was a double shitting. And so we were like, God, nobody likes us. We There's no money in our account anymore. And we kept going in and trying to update the, uh, you know. That's well, frustrating. Shitted, it shitted and farted. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it sucks, man. I, if, if, if my truck breaks down, I can fix it. If my bike breaks, I can fix it. If there's a cause and effect, you know, the thing stops doing the thing it's supposed to do, then you go in and you fix or replace the thing. But when it comes to this shit... This fucking smoke and mirrors, electronic vapors, ones and zeros nonsense. It is, it reduces me to fucking just like quivering pile of tears. I hate it when this stuff what goes I, wrong. What I find very frustrating because, you know, technology can be complicated, complex and complicated. Which is why people who understand it get paid more money than us. That's fine. Uh-huh. But when when a company has sold you a quote unquote simple solution for very simple problem you have, we want people to be able to pay us every month, uh, and it doesn't work. You're just like, if this it, like we we chose the dumb one, like we chose like the simplest one. How can it not work? So. Uh, we, we lost a bunch of money. We went months with where people's subscriptions had stopped being charged and there was, they got no notice of it and we got no notice of it. And uh, from our side, it looks like, oh, people just don't like us anymore, which, you know, is a, a conclusion you might draw on any day of the week. Uh, but actually then we got emails from a bunch of people, a bunch saying like, hey, I don't know what happened, but. I'm not paying you anymore. So anyway, long, lame. St- long story, still very long. We got that fixed. We paid somebody to fix it. Of course we did. And a whole bunch of folks went to the cycling independent, fixed their subscriptions and dumped money in the tip jar to make up for the months that they didn't get charged. Holy shit, man. That's and- amazing. It restores your faith, you know, like it's just a a really fucking decent thing to do. Mm -hmm. And I just I appreciate. So we're shouting out all of those people uh, who are dropping 50s and hundreds in the tip jar because. (sighs) I'm. I was moved by it. I was moved and I am moved and I appreciate all of you who did that. Um, We won't, we won't spend it um, uh, recklessly. I will. 
We might though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, did you see my my new per- gigantic purple hat and Trans Am? <laughs> Sweet, <laughs> love it. Uh, well, that's that's awesome. Thank you, everybody. Uh, it just you know it, it it might not seem like a lot, but it allows us to continue to do this thing that might or might not be important. You know, because we enjoy it doesn't mean that it means anything to anybody, but it apparently might it might mean something to somebody or somebody's getting something from the site or something. Somebody's getting something from us and that uh, people feel like it's it's worth the investment is fucking huge. Super encouraging. I was I got to say, so it's um, it's work. It's January 30th today. Uh, so this uh episode will be out in february but it's january 30th i saw the sun briefly the other day it was out for such a short amount of time that actually i saw that it was out and i went to put a jacket on and walk out the door and it was gone again and i am in the wraps the wraps i am in the throws throws yeah i'm in the i'm in i I got the seasonal affective disorder something fierce Mm. um and I just want to lay in bed all day and I want to g- give up on everything. That seems to be a, a theme listening to the last few episodes. <laughs> but people uh, people taking care of us, even if it's just money, even if it's just money, I know that's a weird way to express your care for people, but I appreciate it. It made a difference to me this week. So that was a long, weird rambling shout out but that's it and 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 it's much appreciated um i don't have any shout outs i'm not thankful for shit <laughs> so let's get on to the music picks okay you uh, you got a good one twin cities favorite sons after who's could you that's right i this week i'm picking the replacements record sorry ma forgot to take out the trash uh, there's a few reasons I'm picking this album this week. First of all, I do got the sads, and this is an album that cheers me up every time I listen to it. Uh, the second reason I'm picking it is because all the all the music dorks who love the replacements are like, oh, uh, pleased to meet me is not so, and uh, oh, Tim is a good record. Uh, you know, they're just like it gets. <laughs> Uh, Paul Westerberg is a poet, and I just think, man, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> so, sorry, Ma forgot to take out the trash. Is uh, one of their first uh, full-length records, if not the first one, came out in 1981. It's just a bunch of like bar band rock songs that kick ass. And you can tap your toe and you can sing along and you don't have to think about who the voice of your generation is. Oh, you don't have to like smell your own farts and think about how wonderful they are. You just it's just a great record. It's just a great record. Did they have a video from that where it's it's just a, a black and white shot where you focus on the speaker and a guy like comes in and like. You just see the speaker in the person's hand and his knee, and he like p- smokes a cigarette or something through the duration is, of this. That is one of the best videos to ever appear on MTV. That I think is the video for Bastards of Young, which is not on this record, but okay. is brilliant. Uh, yeah. I, I remember seeing that. I was staying with my cousin in Texas, and and that came on, and he said, Yeah, I read that they just wanted to make a video that you could like go uh, like fix a sandwich or something (laughs) like you weren't going to miss anything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, replacements. That's great. And also, I want to do one entire episode where we talk about or we talk in the style of people waxing. Uh, philosophically or whatever about their uh, and then like we don't actually say anything we just do that the whole time right uh my pick is uh pardon uh the dirt bombs i just brought them up but uh if you don't already have a look is the name of the record it's a double album with uh covers and originals but they do like a whole fucking menagerie of wild wild covered they do they cover cheater slick stevie wonder elliot smith um uh flipper 
Uh, stop it. Whatever you're doing. Sorry. Don't take pictures. My hair's not right today. Your hair is so good. Uh, it's a great record. And, uh, I think it was Sly Stone cover. They're just like, it is like, if you don't know about the dirt bombs or you've wanted to kind of dip your toes in, in that pool a little bit, I feel like this is a real good entry point. I, it, it shows the, the, the breadth of their musical repertoire, expertise, uh, skills, or whatever. And Mick Collins, the singer, he was also in the Gories. Um, he's, he's like, you know, he's like Mr. Detroit. He's just so fucking cool. He has he's, big frontman energy. Oh my God. The first time I saw them, I, I, I fucking danced my ass off. It was so much fun. And they are so much fun to see what top, probably top 10 favorite bands ever. And I got to meet him and he shook his hand and he's got those fucking, he never takes his sunglasses off and he just fucking rules. Mick Collins fucking rules. But I really like this record and i've been listening to it a lot lately i think i mean we basically picked we both picked bar band records mm. what, color the, under, what color underwear do you have on today i don't have any underwear on nice i'm just wearing it, this is skin, a, skin color yeah i'm wearing <laughs> i'm just wearing sweats i still got my still got my comfy pants on oh you know uh the dirt bombs speaking of sweats they did uh they would play like incognito, unannounced shows under mm. under the uh, moniker, I guess, the assumed name, whatever, the secondary name. It was the Sweatpants Boners. <laughs> it's a little fun fact. I saw, the, I saw the Dirt Bombs once, and they opened for Spiritualized. Oh, that's a lot was, of fucking rock and roll. It was a bizarre show. Spiritualized <clears throat> plays kind of like psychedelic British sort of psychedelic um, drug rock. Oh, I was thinking uh, spiritual cramps. No, right. no, no. Spiritual okay. cramps are also a good band. No, no. This was a very weird show. It was like Detroit barroom rock, and then like shoegazy. We did pills all weekend british <laughs> i don't know but how was how was their set their set was fucking fantastic i love them so much i tried to get so i i can't remember i'd already i was on lock to get uh red fang to come to vegas to play the underbike party which is like mm -hmm. the you know the whatever bicycle industry outsiders party thing that I used to throw. I had Red Fang lined up. And uh and then I think Bike Magazine, because they were gonna help me out with it, they like bailed at the last minute and I was you know, I couldn't come up with a extra whatever, couple grand. So it was either before that or after that. It was around that time I was trying to get uh I was trying to get the dirt bombs to come play, which would have been fucking epic. And I had like the writer, I had like, you know, what it was going to cost to get them and all of their instruments and stuff. And around this time, uh, Gino uh, from one-on-one -on -one in Minneapolis and I were being like really fucking, not wined and dined exactly, but really fucking stroked by this dude from Shinola. He was like the right-hand man to the guy that owns... It's black, black rock. It's like a holding company and they own a bunch of different companies, whatever. They're, they got crazy deep pockets. And this guy was blowing all kinds of sunshine up our asses. And I said, because Shinola had just, had just launched. And so I had, I pitched this idea like, dude, how fucking cool would it be to one, introduce Shinola to the industry, but we have a party, we get the dirt bombs to play. Detroit, 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 Shinola. I'll be like, I'll be second billing and produced by or brought to you by or whatever. And the guy's like, oh, I've never heard of them before. So I emailed him some links. And uh, lo and behold, 
Uh, nine months later, they have their flagship uh, party in Brooklyn. And who plays? Oh, cool. Dirt Bombs. And then he never talked to me again after that. And he did a bunch. I think they opened a store right across the street from the old one-on-one in Minneapolis, the downtown spot. Um, and like did some, you know, like came in and like slinked around and did some covert spying on their operations and shit, but then just like dropped as soon as he got what he wanted from us. He, he bailed and that guy sucked. Mm. He had really nice hair. Oh, that almost makes it worse. That's you should have recognized. You should have been like, you have too nice a hair to be having lunch with us today. Yeah. It's just weird. You know, it was like this guy who had no stake in the the bicycle world. And then he he like milked us for stuff and, and then was just kind of slimy about it. Really? You got you got pumped and dumped a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, that, I don't know what made, made me think of that, but I uh, I talked to Julie Furtado on the not on the telephone the other day and. um I'd mentioned, I guess in my, like in an Instagram story that I talked to her and that she's still cool as shit. And uh, somebody sent a message and they said, you should talk about this stuff on the podcast. And I, and I said, what, that I had a phone conversation with her. He's like, oh, you know, I mean, just like stories from like being on the Norba circuit or whatever. And I guess, I guess we could do that. But, um, you know, it's like, I don't really have any good stories. I don't think, but <laughs> point is Julie's still alive. She still fucking rules. She's still super funny. She's she's Julie. I mean, fucking Queen Bee. Like, recognize. She's the best. She's the best. I loved, I loved her as a mountain bike racer. I loved her as a skier. I worked with her at Santa Cruz, and that's when we, we became friends with one another. And I'm, you know, I'm still, like, when I see her, I'm, like, kind of starry-eyed, you know? Like any of that, any of that era of like American mountain bike superhero, Missy, mm. John Tomac, that guy, just like I see him and I'm just dumbstruck, you know, mm. but I don't know if I have any good stories about any of them. It's just like my perspective is the same as anybody's. They fucking, they rule. Right. I mean, my perspectives don't rule. The people do. I, I, I think that particular generation of, um, mountain bikers is you know you can only race on the best equipment that's available to you at the time Mm -hmm. but to think about the things that they could and did do on bikes that we wouldn't ride to the grocery store on now yeah yeah it's pretty it's pretty insane i mean the the technology was so rotten really uh you know i brought this up before steve elms and i talked about like it's no wonder our bodies are all fucked up because we've been basically riding prototype shit for the last three decades you know yeah. and now now everything rules everything all the bikes bikes are fucking super badass and uh, my my wretched frame is too bent and and crooked to really thoroughly appreciate any of them there's a good uh, documentary that Cheever just sent me. It's sort of a documentary on the history of mongoose bikes. Mm. And they talk about, you know, like, like their squad in the day is like Eric Carter, uh, Lee Donovan, Tomac, like just incredibly heavy hitters. Um, and if that's, I think it's called uh, Know Your Roots. You just Google know your roots. I had a, I have the video somewhere on the site in the last couple of weeks on the all hail the black market site in the last couple of weeks. But if you just Google those words, it'll come up and it's really super interesting. Um, anyway, that's all the bike content we're going to have today. The, uh, there's some coming later, maybe. Oh, nuts. Okay. Again, I haven't <laughs> read the, uh, I just am reading the notes right now. So, Let's uh let's get a word from our whoever sponsor or a plea for cash or whatever we spot we got. All right. And we'll be back in a second. Hi, it's Robot. By this point in the podcast, you're all in. You're going the distance. Not all your life choices are the best, but that's okay. None of us is perfect. Here's where I lay it on the line. We're going to entertain you for an hour. We'll do it again next week. 
In a month, we're going to give you four hours of belly laughs and deep, deep thoughts. All we need from you is a $3 a month subscription to the Cycling Independent. Three bucks, a cup of coffee, a really cheap beer. You've, you've got that money, and we, and we need it. If you've got more, there are 5 and $10 subscriptions, but we're not pushing. We're not pleading. That $3 would help plenty. And now, back to whatever inane nonsense we were talking about before. And we're back. Every week, we re- rewrite our content warning because we're required somehow to warn people that we use profanity and sometimes talk about the immense size of horse peni. At the same time, folks are bumbling about their everyday lives using terrible words that we find more offensive than all the F-bombs at a hardcore show. Uh, first question. Let's just get a hot take on a few particularly troubling words. We'll start with an easy one. Which is mosh. I fall. <laughs> <laughs> I picked uh, mosh. I picked mosh because I know how much you hate it. I hate it. I hate it so much. It 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 represents everything b- uh, bad about like when the transition between loud guitar driven music went from an intimate thing to like the Lollapalooza era. You know, and like you, you have every Chad and Kevin that ever gave you shit uh, in high school or called you a skater fag or whatever. And then all of a sudden they too are at the shows and they are (laughs) air quote moshing. Fuck you. My friend Greg said uh, he responded because I wrote sort of a little diatribe about moshing or the word mosh. So dumb. And he said, I've always hated that word. It represents the time when the jocks started coming to punk rock shows. And that is unequivocally like end stop period that's it that's exactly right for me again my perspective other people might like it it just it sounds like nosh too which is what like rich jewish jewish ladies do in florida with it like watercress sandwiches or bagel (laughs) bites (laughs) whatever hey 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 ease up on bagel bites motherfucker Um, those ladies know what they're doing. (laughs) Sorry, That's probably top of top of my list of, of irksome words. Um, now about yummy or fave. What do we think of influencer disruptor? I hate yummy. I I hate when an adult person says, "Mm, yummy. I, yeah, that bothers me a lot. I did hear a guy, there was a guy in a restaurant and he was probably like my age and he was sitting just nearby in the um like at the end of the bar and he he had a ball cap on and it was kind of askew which oh yeah is you know right out right from the jump but he was talking about industry and industry discounts and industry night and well I work in the industry and I don't know what this guy did or where he what restaurant he worked at or whatever but he said yummy he was talking like over the chick that he was sitting with and he was talking over the bartender and he was just his presence just infected everything around him but the fact that he used yummy as recklessly as he did uh that bothered a lot that bothered me a lot um bestie not crazy about bestie bestie yeah it's not good i think it's kind of endearing when sometimes but not really all these cutesy things all these cutesy, like, uh, I'm, I, I mean, be cute if you're cute, I guess. But I just, it doesn't, I don't like it. I can't. Fave is one of those. That's my fave. Um, okay. You're saving so much time by, by abbreviating favorite, you know, like think about how many things you can do in the time that you, it took you to say irrit or not say irrit. Or it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, and then influencer is, I hate, I hate, cause if you're influenced by an influencer, come on. Um, and then not my favorite either. I mean, it's not my fave. It's not your fave. No disruptor is my least fave though, because people are like, Oh, the, the so-and-so disrupted this industry. They fucking didn't. They cut out the middleman. That's not disruptive. They just I, cut out the middleman. They just went consumer direct. That's not disruptive. That's not. I, 
if I hear the word disruptor or the term disruptor, I think of like an agitator. Like I think mm. of a political dissident, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, and that to, to my mind, that's like, that's good. You're sometimes you can also be a January 6th disruptor and fuck, fuck you. I think of the disrupt. I was always a disruptor, like in second grade, I was a disruptor, <laughs> you know, that's the OG disruptor. Okay. Everyone else is learning to read and I'm like making a fart sound with my <laughs> armpit. <laughs> Uh, That's a disruption. Seen, have you seen the videos of people uh, trying to cover their farts by dropping the books on the ground next to them or coughing or whatever, but it's all mistimed? <laughs> Th- that's one of my... Right now, that's one of my favorite... Um, uh, what, what, it, what would it be? It's not like a, an, an internet uh Are you thing. talking about a meme? Well, it's not really a meme. It's not just a, a, it's kind of a trend, sort of it's, like you can it's, find videos. It's your favorite people... culture, current cultural touchstone. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's fun. It's funny, and it also reminds me of uh, that I'm you know like eternally just a twelve year old. Oh, the release in 2017 of the uh, mistimed farts video represents <laughs> a turning point in the. <laughs> Uh, I don't particularly like the word hamper. There's a like long words with long A's, I think kind of, they kind of make me cringe. Uh, Hamper, slack, panty. Oh, yeah. A lot of people have trouble with panties, panty, panties. Yeah. It's also kind of cutesy. It is. And, and, and there's something, it's like, there's like, uh, it's so, it's so uncomfortable to say that it's, it's a little alluring, maybe. Uh, I like just drawers. You know, if I'm, if I'm doing sexy talk with the wife, I'm like, Hey, let me, let me get up in them bloomers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm turned on right now. I'd like I'd like to catch a glimpse of your short pants. That's what I say. Uh, 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 I okay. So uh, what other what other words? I think uh, I don't mind the word granny. There was a messenger that I worked with, and his nickname was Granny, and we wanted to start. So, if you have a lot of tags, a lot of packages. Um, in your bag, you, you, what was it? We wanted to have, start a messenger bag company called Granny's Hamper. <laughs> and it, when you're full, when your Granny's Hamper is full of panties, <laughs> that means you got a lot of, you're holding a lot of tags, like uh-huh. hot tags. Uh, su- not surprisingly, it never really got off the ground. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think we were all just sort of like throwing around words on the radio that were kind of irksome. I don't like the phrase tidy whitey, tidy whities to to describe, um, you know, the traditional men's brief style of underpants. Skivvies? It was it was funny. The civvies, the skivvies, the whatever. Skivvies. Yeah. Skivvies. I feel like tidy whities was funny in 1983, but now it's almost just this generic term. Right. Kind of over tidy whities. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, platter. I really think it's just long a shit. I think that's what it is. It kind of is like that's just it. Just it doesn't fit in my ears right. Hmm. But I don't have. I mean, besides, obviously, mosh is top of my list of words that I would remove from the, the all language forever. But I don't think I have anything else that. It's really bothersome to me. Influencer, not crazy about just a term influencer or, or are you an influencer? Somebody actually told me, somebody actually told me that I was an influencer and I'm like, Oh God damn it. I, I don't, I don't want that. Well, then the question is, well, what am I influencing people to do? Because it isn't very lucrative. Okay. That's true. But, you know, like, 
like the OG single speeders, like they were influencers, the, the Santa Cruz, you know, the, the, the random anonymitos in Santa Cruz or the, or Robert Ives and Scott Berg and Sean Hunt, they influenced Paul component to make a single speed group. And with the influence of making a single speed group that inspired the Bianchi boss and that changed not unilaterally but that changed a corner of the bicycle industry for sure uh would they consider themselves influencers no they were doing something that they thought was fucking rad and they wanted to bring cool people in uh to the party you know and paul has admitted several times he's like i thought this was the dumbest thing i'd ever heard but like yeah i'll make some for you and your jabroni friends and then leave it at that and turns out kind of helped his business a little bit well, I think there's a difference between being an in, being influential, which I would say those people are, and being an influencer. I perceive influencer as a person who basically promotes styles or brands in in sort of like a backdoor collaborative way so that they're shilling other people's stuff and making money from it at the same time. That's what I think an influencer is. Mm. Fuck. I mean, if somebody, I was actually just talking to my studio neighbor. He's this van life dude and he drives all over. I don't think he has a house. He just lives in his van and he drives and he does these amazing trips. And then he comes back and he puts videos about it on YouTube and he gets, he said that like companies, he's like, Oh, I'd get a dozen emails from various companies a week who want me to like talk about their portable washing machine or whatever. And he's like, ah, I know. But then there's, you know, another company will hit him up and say, Hey, this is the supplemental like drink mix. You can get all your vitamins and nutrients and stuff from. And so he tried that. And then, and then they say, Hey, this is kind of what we want you to say in a, in a, in a spot you know, you can put it in your own words, but if this works for you and then he's getting fucking checks He's getting, and this is where I kind of fucking missed the boat is that I've always promoted companies or businesses or brands or whatever that I like that I invest in anyway. Right. And then I thought maybe that would come back to me in some way, but I didn't like, I'm not, I don't have any business acumen and I just ended up <laughs> like, and I still do it, you know, like I still push the agenda of friends and family or businesses that I approve of or appreciate and I'm just doing it, you know, for free. Well, I'd I'm like to figure out how to make dough, but I'm not that quick. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I've, I've probably, so I will, I promote the things that I like. Uh, mm -hmm. Often I think I spend more money with them than they ever spend with me. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That feels, I just, I don't like that. I, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy about it. I mean, I like, I like the idea of making a living. And, <laughs> and, and, and I also love the, like the idea of my friends making a living and, yeah. and I'm working sort of collaborative, collaboratively with them. Um, I'm fucking psyched that Shimano has continued to invest in this and and me um and i you know i pitched i pitched advertising with andrew kemp with shimano uh f almost 15 years ago and i said it's only because this is a company that i i i believe in and support anyway and um and and it's and it's run by people who i believe in and support anyway and so I would like to have, you know, kind of a little bit more symbiotic type of relationship, financially beneficial to whatever degree for me, certainly. But I'm already, I'm already touting the benefits or I'm already pushing these brands or these people or these bands or whoever. I'm doing it anyway, because it's like, it's, it's, it's things and, and stuff that I actually believe in and use and and support. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I don't hmm. know what, what, where, you wherever, and your integrity, whatever that was going. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. So uh, bike related words, full squish. Don't like it. Underbiking. I've got a problem with that. Fixie. Fine. I don't shred sled. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The look on uh, your face when you said shred sled was you just looked disappointed that that that, that I put that <laughs> phrase in the notes at all. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fine. Ugh. It's fine. Whatever. Fixie uh, bothers me. Fixie bothers me because it's very easy to say everyone like it's it's better than fixed gear bicycle. But it's again, it's another one of those mm, yummy. Yeah. Uh, you have a yummy fixie. I just <laughs> gosh, this makes me. I don't, I guess I don't really, I don't use it, but I don't hear it. If I hear it, it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. Uh, Full squish is kind of, you know, whatever. I think it's just kind of, it's just just a boring way of saying a suspension bike, you know, but fewer syllables. So you're probably saving a lot of time in your day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Underbiking. Brush your teeth an extra time. So the underbiking is like riding a, that's like riding a cross bike on trails, right? Like you're riding yeah. a bike in, in, that maybe isn't necessarily, but, but, but what the fuck? I mean, why well, can't, I just had like applying labels to all of these things and like, I'm this kind of bike rider or I'm that kind of bike rider. I mean, is it, is it uh, contradictory of me to say that i like gra- the term gravel bugs the shit out of me because why are you just riding a fucking bike if it's a road bike okay if it's a mountain bike okay cross bike okay but you're right if you're riding a mountain bike on a dirt road are you gravel riding oh you're over biking at that point you're oh, over biking <laughs> yeah i just learned under biking and so uh, the party that I had every year was there's outer bike, there's inner bike. And so my party was under bike because it's, you know, like the bottom dwellers or whatever. And and then someone, when I was talking about it, whatever I was writing, I wrote a piece or I wrote a, had a caption on Instagram or something. Somebody said that they reckoned Mike Farentino coined that term. And I don't know... If he, if he, if I ever reached out to him to confirm or deny, or if he, if I did, he didn't confirm or deny, which is sort of his MO. But I would imagine that because it's, it's always going to, there's always going to be uh, segments. There's always going to be different clicks or tribes or whatever that people say, well, I'm a mountain biker and I'm going to make fun of these other things, or I'm an under biker or I'm a fixie rider instead of, you know, just like you're I making don't ride the thing. downhill. I ride slope style. You're making God. the thing at that point. You're kind of making the thing that you do an extension of your personality. Mm. And that, and I don't, I think that's odd. I mean, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't work for me. I don't think it's odd. I think it's very natural. Everyone is trying to make their identity. Everyone is trying to feel special. Like, they're special. I'm a mountain biker. I'm a street skater. Yeah. I'm a a vert skater. Do you skate street? Yeah. Yeah. Do you skate vert? I have. Because I haven't done it in a while, does that make me not a vert skater? Am I a skater? I ride a skateboard. I'm not a skater. I'm a guy. I'm just a guy. Just a guy with bad Hair. joints. Uh, yeah. Single speeder. Are you a single speeder? No. Mm. Sometimes, if I'm riding a single speed. <laughs> Sometimes I'm a watermelon eater. Sometimes. Sometimes. A, I would much prefer to be a watermelon eater than anything else. I mean, I would spend... It's, more time eating watermelon than doing anything else if I had my druthers. <laughs> Have you ever had watermelon with lime squeezed on it? Yes. That is money. Have you ever had watermelon with chili powder on it? Yes. Ah, uh, cantaloupe with spicy salt on it? No. Fuck yeah. Get a good cantaloupe and get some uh, slap your mama spicy salt. <laughs> Sprinkle a little bit of that on there. Ooh, buddy, you are in for a treat. 
But the reason I brought watermelons up is that I never thought that watermelon candy, like a watermelon Jolly Rancher, like this tastes nothing like watermelon. What the fuck? Where? Who came up with this nonsense? And then watermelon candy forever tastes like watermelon candy, but tastes nothing like watermelon. And then I squirted a little bit of lime on a piece of watermelon one time. And I said, oh, there it is. That's where the flavor of watermelon candy comes from. I have in my life only spit out a few things that I intended to eat. And one of them was a piece of watermelon candy from Mexico that was doused in chili. And I put it in my mouth and it was so... I don't know really quite what happened chemically, but all the saliva probably within the city block, like I couldn't produce that amount of saliva. I believe I was receiving saliva from other people nearby was happening. And I was trying to eat this piece of candy. I was trying to stick with it. I was like, don't it's going to turn a corner. It's going to turn a corner. And then I'm the guy like walking down the street, like oozing red shit at like I'm just because I can't contain it all. And I, I had to spit it out. That's the, the tahine. There's like candy. There's like, you know, candies with tea, like dipped in layers of tahine. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a um, acquired taste for sure. Yeah, I really wanted to acquire it. I really wanted to like get through this and be like, no, no, I see in the end the truth of this candy. <laughs> I have not acquired a taste for that kind of candy either. What's your favorite yeah. flavor of candy? Like if you get a box of runts, what are the ones you're going for? Mm, I like sour apple. Is that I on don't the menu? Think, I think it's lime, lemon, orange, banana, and probably cherry. I think those are the flavors of runs. Mine would go lime, orange, cherry in that order, and the other ones can fuck right off. Starburst? Um, orange, lemon last. Orange, what, strawberry? Stra Starburst? Orange, strawberry? Is there a green one, a lime one? Uh, Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there used to be. I just ate a pack of Starburst, and I did not see any lime ones. But I know there used to be, and this might be part of the fucking Mandela effect, is they're going to tell us that there was never such thing as lime Starburst <laughs> here pretty soon. But I know my sister and I, when we were little, we were on road trips, and we would do, we would do I Love Lucy skits. With mm -hmm. we'd put a yellow Starburst on our finger. We'd make it soft, and we that's um, Ethel. And then we would have a red one, and that's Lucy. Uh, we didn't have licorice or black or whatever, so Ricky had green hair, and then Fred was bald, so he's just a finger <laughs> with nothing on it. <laughs> that is the batshit craziest thing I've heard today. <laughs> we would, like when we were taking a trip to Denver or whatever, we'd be fucking around in the back seat, and uh, and that and we would do like yeah, that's that's a game we would play. We'd do I love Lucy skits. I'm pretty sure there were green. There's yellow, there's orange, there's pink, which is strawberry, and I, there must be green. I think there's green. Yeah. Well, earlier when you were talking about the guy at the bar saying yummy and the word industry over and over again, yeah. I recall this time I was in this um, kitchen store. I don't know why I was there. I was obviously I was looking for some kitchen thing, but this guy behind me, he was with his wife. He said, you know. I could really go for a good oven mitt. <laughs> That's definitely a euphemism. <laughs> yeah, you get we get a really good oven mitt down at the bus station. I don't know what he was talking about, but that stuck with me. I could really God, the way he said it too. It was like it's like if if you said I could really go for a good slice of pizza. Yeah, but also, you know, like some days I'll wake up and, I, and it's, I can only think, well, like when I bought my brass knuckles, I was like, yep, today is the day to buy brass knuckles. I can't focus on anything else. But years ago, I wanted to get a luchador mask. Like I woke yeah. up and I was just like, I, this is, I was singularly focused. 
and I'm kind of walking around San Francisco and I'm kind of like going into, and this is pre-internet for sure. And it was like, they were really, you probably would have to go to Mexico city to find a proper luchador mask. But I go into this, these various vintage stores or stores that have like, you know, like an array of things. And I go into this one place and they said, Oh, my buddy owns a store in the upper hate on, on hate street somewhere. And I know that he's probably got something like that. And I don't, I, here's his phone number. So I get his phone number. I go to this cafe and uh, I'd already asked a couple of places and I couldn't find them. I walk in this cafe and I asked the woman for change so I could buy, uh, could get a pay, go to the payphone and make a call to this place, see if he has Mexican wrestling masks. And while she's changing out my dollar, I said, you wouldn't happen to know. Have you seen just in your travels? Have you seen a Mexican wrestling mask? And then her friend walks in just then. And she goes, oh, my God, I had a dream about you and the puppies the other night. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then she turned back to me and she's like, no, I haven't seen anything like that. I don't know where you could get it. And she gives me my quarters. And the guy that she's talking to said, what are you looking for? And I said, I'm looking for a Mexican wrestling mask. He's like, uh, I bought one last night. It's too small for me. I'll run up and get it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I acquired my first Mexican wrestling mask. But I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember what my point was. Oh, I woke up that day and it was just all I was all I could think of, you know, like I want one of these and then I get obsessed, I get focused on I am going to scour all of San Francisco until I find a Mexican wrestling mask, but I loved the conciseness of this exchange. And, you know, and then as soon as he said that, I was like my new best friend. And he, I think he just gave it to me. Like I, he was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to wear it. Oh, I bought one last night. He bought it's it too and, small for me. <laughs> there was a, a thing called incredibly strange wrestling. And, um, and I think that he had gone to one of those performances and he bought a, a mask there. I don't know. Anyway, waking up and you just got to get the thing, whatever it is. I, I fall into that trap pretty frequently. This happened to me the other day, actually. I bought a pair. I have, you can see I'm wearing reading glasses. I wear reading glasses quite a lot. I have a couple pairs of reading glasses and um, I don't know. I bought a pair of camouflage av aviators the other day. I just saw them and I was like, uh, you don't don't get those. You already have two pairs of reading glasses. You don't need more reading glasses, but it wouldn't leave me alone. What part of them is camouflaged? Well, they're plastic f framed. So the whole the frames are, are camouflaged. Hmm. It's like a hipster pedophile kind of look. How I would describe it. Trying to imagine what the, what this looks like, because I mean, when you said aviators, I'm thinking of like top gun glasses but those are just wire frames and so i couldn't yeah. imagine that that part was camouflage so then i was imagining like a camouflage uh, wrap <laughs> over the lenses oh that would be dope yeah you know how you you get them at like gas station glasses and they got flames on them or whatever yeah that's, yeah, yeah that's what i was thinking of as you were describing them and and i thought that is definitely an impulse buy that you would mm. get and then never wear again because the, the 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 what was funny about it when you bought them wasn't so funny again uh when you put them on us you know everybody's seen you in them well that was uh my wife's point about the pac-man suit that i didn't buy she's like that's funny one time <laughs> <laughs> there was i i'm not sure on that i think that might be funny more times uh, and you might you know you might put it away for a little while and then and then bring it out again, you know, once a year or something. There was a, here's some, here's some mountain bike history. Fun, fun fact. There was a Norba World Cup. It was a World Cup event that happened at Skyline Park in Napa, California. And this was probably 90, let's say 1999. Uh, and we stopped in a gas station at the bottom of the hill to get probably chips and beer or whatever. And they had one of those plexiglass cases by the um, cash register where you can buy like Chinese throwing stars or like butterfly <laughs> yeah. knives or 
yep. lighters, like tie-dye lighters or whatever. And they had in this case a class ring, the big fake ruby in it, and it had all the the crests and the floral stuff around the around the stone. And it just said on both sides, it just said high school. And we <laughs> thought that was the funniest fucking thing. Mm. We're like, did you? Oh, did you graduate? What? Where did you graduate? High school. Yeah. And but I didn't buy it for some fucking reason because that is definitely in my um that's definitely in my wheelhouse to buy like mm. stupid shit like that and be like yo he's the dude with the high school ring right that just says high school and i didn't do it and i've done like little rudimentary uh google searches in the time since and i've been back into that gas station they do not have it any longer i think that was a <sighs> one time i had that opportunity one time never again it it strikes me that we we shouted at everybody for giving us money earlier, um, <laughs> but like their trust, their trust has to be diminished pretty. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the, we got a bunch of money from subscribers, so we bought a remote control banana. <laughs> that's what. <it's, laughs> that's what I'm saying. I mean, I honestly. You know, whatever. Brass knuckles were not that expensive, and the Mexican wrestling mask was free, and. I didn't buy the high school ring. So, yeah. you know, it's a what let uh so less no. Some lot uh, lot less some. <laughs> I'm getting the words all confused. What is that? You're glitching. It's lot some. Nest oh, fuck. <laughs> lost net sum is that a term but but maybe the words are in different order zero sum gain gain maybe that's game maybe, maybe that's point of diminishing loss <laughs> oh fuck well it's a good way to wrap it up i mean a good note to close on would you rather spend a month without showering or go a month without seeing the sun? Uh, well, I'd go a month without seeing the sun all the time. Yeah, I feel like... like... Oh, like pure darkness, like all night, all the time? Yeah. Um, I'd go all night, all the time. I, I know I don't look it, but I'm pretty fastidious when it comes to hygiene. Yeah. I don't know on this one, uh, and it's born from the fact that I only glimpsed the sun the other day, and it's... Um, dragging me down into the abyss but i am a regular showerer um but actually if i if i if you could have like pleasant sunshine every day would you go without a shower i'm not sure what the um net is from this like it's easy for me to say no i got a shower every day oh but would man I, would i, I just, be in a better mood there is something there's something about uh, getting clean and getting into a clean bed. Like the, yeah. if I had, if I had one happy place in my existence, it's being having a clean body in a clean bed yeah. and not being able to shower for a month. And like your sheets would be all greasy and shit. Like, I just, I don't think I would be able to sleep. Mm. Um, and the idea of being like, there was that vampire movie that came out, uh, where they were like, it's some town in Alaska. It's 30 days of night, I think is what it's called. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> it's a good one. It's a twist on the, uh, on the, uh, vampire genre, mm -hmm. but, um, the idea of being in a place, I mean, they do it in Scandinavia versus nighttime all the time. Yeah, I know people do it. I think I, I feel hate like it. Yeah, I would too, but I feel like that would it would I mean it'd fuck up my sleep schedule and stuff, but I I think um I think it'd be like a fun adventure. Hmm. I'm going to test the boundaries of my uh psychopathy and uh you know, you go to restaurants or you're going and hanging out with your friends at a cafe and it's noon, but it's looks like the middle of the night. Mm. I, I think it would be a pretty neat experiment, but being un 
washed for 30 days definitely would not be a neat experiment. And you got to think about all your fucking clogged pores and shit too. Like you would, it would take much longer than a month to, uh, I was a super dirty little kid, by the way. Like, like if I'm, I'm sure that child protective services were probably called. If my parents weren't teachers, I'm sure child protective services would have been called on them because I had, I remember I had this stuff. My dad would call it rust on my chest Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just dirt. And I had like dirt, dirty ears. And I, when my hair would get, it was long and it gets stuck like in the wax in my ears. It was just oh. fucking, dis- I was disgusting. You were um, pig pen. I absolutely was pig pen. I hated baths. I hated showers. So I didn't, showers scared the shit out of me actually. Like the Same. idea, I didn't like it. I didn't like, and I still, I'd turn the water on. And I'm like, and I hide in the corner before it hits yeah. my body. Cause I just, yep. like something about that sensation really fucks me up. Um, well, I love a shower now, but when I was a kid, I was definitely like, I didn't understand that it wasn't supposed to hit you in the face all the time. So that was <laughs> problematic. Yeah. But I had, I would have those, like the dirt rings around yeah. your neck in yeah. the creases in your neck. You'd have yeah. like dirt. That That's a sweet look. Just, just, I was just this little rail riding, hobo stick carrying tramp, tramp around. Would, would you rather have to eat a sleeve of Oreos every day or an entire tofurkey? Uh, I think I could manage a sleeve of Oreos over the course of 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that. I mean, it would probably for every day for how long? A month? Yeah. A month. Every day, sleeve of Oreos or an entire tofurkey. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Oreos. It would really kill my appreciation of Oreos. I think I probably could get through a sleeve, uh, half a sleeve, and then I would be super bummed that I had to do another half of the sleeve and then do it again the next day and again for the next twenty seven days or whatever. What is your beef with tofurkey? An entire what of tofurkey? Well, an entire tofurkey. They come like... Oh, yeah. So it's like an entire turkey of tofurkey. Yes. I, I don't have a problem with it. I just... I think that would... F- I, I don't know. I feel like it would fuck my stomach up real bad. More than I think nutritionally, cookies. the tofurkey is the better choice. It's, a, it's more volume, though. Yeah, I think so. I think you... Mm, yeah. I don't know. It, that's one that I'm going to have to circle back around on tomorrow. Uh, we're a minute, I mean, an hour six into this. So oh, we're going we to stop talking. We're going to wrap it up. So say whatever you want. Use whatever words you like. We're not the word police. But remember, language is society's way of carrying meaning from one generation to the next. So 23 skidoo. The show's over. We're totes outie. On behalf of the Revolting Podcast and Cycling Independent, I'm Steve. I'm Robot. Don't forget to suck it.